episode 69 of the Marcel Sports Podcast is here. Luke, you cloud. Sorry, I'm just oh. going back from our previous conversation about our athlete dedication. Uh, you might as well, let's hear it. Yeah, so we'll get right into it. It's, yeah, none other than a very skilled defensive end, Jared Allen, not the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, but Jared Allen, the... I guess technically football player, veteran, curler, and Christian. Yes. Uh, got a whole whack of titles here. Uh, this one's for you. Uh, five-time Pro Bowl, four-time four first-team All-Pro. He's definitely legit back in the day. I remember watching this guy play, and he was quite quite good at what he did. So He was really good. Um but uh, yeah, no, Jared Allen has uh, his Wikipedia page is definitely worth a visit. The dude has been uh, like, he's a five time pro bowler, too. <laughs> yeah. And Luke, you said he's a pretty bad curler, right? Yeah, it says uh, here. So after he retired, he took up curling. His team then played the 2019 U.S. Men's Challenge Round uh, qualifying event for the United States Men's Curling Championship losing all three of their games by a combined score of 27 to three. That I don't know curling much, but uh, that sounds pretty bad. Yeah. I think we that's still pretty have, stinky. We still have to take our curling one one activity course with uh, coach Jeff. So. Yeah, totally. And yeah. I think our guest as well, Cade, he's yep. part of a, he would take us on his bodybuilding roster, but I, yep. I forgot to mention, we, we probably should have offered him a spot on the curling team. I don't know, man. It's pretty close invite. And I, he see, he says like, he's a bit stiff. I don't know if I want that on the roster. We want to be flexible. Yeah. We want to be really flexible. So that's fair. Um, before we talk about anything else, what is in the description? What's that thing? Man, I should have studied more if I knew there was going to be a pop quiz. Yeah. Sorry. I, th- I think at the top of my head, I think they're called timestamps. Yeah. I think I'm not so. Mistaken. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those are the things you press on. Yeah, And when you press on it, it takes you exactly where you want to be in the podcast. So if you're here just for Cade's interview or you want to hear uh, about Jan, uh, boom, you press on the timestamp and you're right there. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We could probably end the episode right there. Hey? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm good to, to wrap it up. Yeah, jokes. Um, let's talk brackets here because we talked a little bit about it last week. Michigan really let you down yesterday. Yeah. You know, I – yeah, man. You like, regret that pick, too. You were telling me that you're like, I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I don't feel good about it. I felt really good about it when they beat Florida State. That probably yeah. would have been the biggest thing. As long as they got through Florida State, I would have been content with it. Yeah, because that's what I was, like, scared about. Yeah. Because Florida it, State, I had them in my Final Four. Yeah, exactly. But then I had Michigan in my final, right? So like now I'm right. fully riding on Baylor, exactly to to win the whole thing. So that'll be now I'm walking on eggshells here. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, Michigan. It was a really good game actually between Michigan and UCLA. I watched the majority of it, and like the ending, like I was so nervous because there was so much at stake, but just kind of fell sh- fell short there. So. It was a pretty ugly game to watch, if I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, like, you can definitely tell, like, they're very, like, defensive strong teams as well, because I thought both defenses played pretty well. But then again, you kind of saw the college aspect of it, like, a few missed layups here and there. And I think even Michigan missed their last eight field goals. And at that point, you're not going to 
you're not going to win a game if you're missing that many in a row. Not a chance. But yeah, no. Uh, quick rundown on. So Luke and I have we have the same three teams alive, right? We have Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston. Yeah. Right. And then your final was Michigan, Baylor, and then mine is Gonzaga, Baylor. But you have Baylor winning, and then I have Gonzaga winning. So uh, if my math is correct, I think it's basically just a matter of if Gonzaga goes to the final and or just wins the tournament, I think I win our bracket. Yeah. So w- what are we going to do? Because we have these Amazon gift cards, and it looks like you and I might be taking the cake here. What do we do? It looks suspy. Yeah, it looks super sus. <laughs> I think we might have to give them to the next three people, eh? Yeah, I was kind of thinking that as well. Because um, I was thinking, okay, maybe if like one of us won it, like people wouldn't think much of it. But like the fact that both of us are in it, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd be this this close, right? Like, yeah, it's kind of a sweet feeling. We're kind of experts. Like, you you know that now, right? Yeah, like you said last episode, like all of a sudden everybody in March becomes college basketball experts. Well, we're the real experts, so. Yeah, like at the end of March, the real experts surface, and that's us now. Yeah, exactly. Because we're, what, like top 1% in the world right now. Yeah. In it's a, it's a really good feeling, to be honest, to be like the top. I think I checked last night, I was the top 25,000. Yeah, you're, the you are the top 25,000. Yeah, it's it's a great feeling, and it's, yeah. I'm really thankful for it. I know it's not going to ride out for long, but but man, I'm cheering hard for Baylor now. If Baylor wins this thing, man, I'm switching sides from Michigan because Michigan couldn't get it done for me. Yeah. So hopefully Baylor will be the team. Yeah, that's fair. They You need some good mojo. From yeah. Them, so. And all yeah, of a sudden, I hate UCLA. <laughs> like, yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> that one white big man on their team with the mustache and the headband yeah. is just such a meme. That's just like... Your classic guy who shows out in March Madness, hey? Yeah. Oh, so true. There's and it's always just the annoying. one white dude. There's always yeah. the one white dude who just like, you're like, is he a basketball player? Yep. So Loyola Chicago had that Cameron Crutwig guy. And yeah. He got memed pretty hard for his <laughs> just not looking like a basketball player no. and a good one too. So I think that's what's so funny though about march madness as well i think that's kind of an underrated aspect is these like not very good looking guys just absolutely (laughs) balling out yeah (laughs) it's hilarious because you won't get that anywhere else it's true it's true and it's all like i think it's also just like guys who just don't look like basketball players too like i mean like this this dude on ucla he's like not like it's not he's not like overweight or anything like that but like he's definitely like got some meat on his bones and maybe not exactly the meat you want as an athlete. Um, but like the dude's showing out, like he's blocking guys. Like what did he have? Like three or four blocks in the game. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I don't even know his name. That's the best. That's another funny part too. It's like, I don't know anyone's name. <laughs> I know like the guys who are going to go to the NBA draft. That's it. It's like, Oh, Kate Cunningham. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I had Oklahoma state going far. Cause I knew yeah. Kate was on that team. Yeah, me too. I was all over it. Yeah, Yeah. it was really funny for me watching uh, the Florida State-Michigan game because, like, I don't know, like, any of these guys, right? So I'm, like, learning player names. And then all of a sudden, there's this one kid on Florida State and the announcer's like, oh, Scotty Barnes up for the layup. I'm like, Scotty Barnes? I know that guy, like, super well because 
in NBA 2K19 with my Vancouver Summit uh, My League team, I drafted Scotty Barnes and as like the 16th pick from Florida State, and he became an absolute legend. Really? In that team, he won. He won me like four championships, I think. What? Him and John Moran were like. I think Scotty was like the number three option on that team, but he was like unbelievable for what? me. And so, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, Florida State has Scotty Barnes. Like, okay, now I'm scared. Yeah. But even though they got beat by, like, 30. Yeah. So I knew I knew of Scotty Barnes from before. I was like, if it was sick. I'm like, you know what? You're going to have a great NBA career, man, <laughs> according to my 2K sim. Yeah, like, watch his one game. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, should we hop on over to our Cade Vilio interview? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, sounds good. Anyways, uh, yeah, Cade was an awesome uh, guest we had. And uh, I'm really excited for you all to listen to this interview. We talked a little bodybuilding, a little hockey, and a couple other things. So we will see you right on over there. So... Uh, for episode 69, ha, funny number, of the Mars Hill Sports Podcast, we have none other than Cade Villio. Welcome to the show, my man. It's great oh, to have you here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, boys. Yeah, we've been trying to get you on for so long. And uh, first things first, I just wanted to ask about the little skills competition you guys had. What was it, Friday? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Friday was it? Yeah, yeah I was there. We we're uh, I was I was doing some little ho- a little hosting gig, so it was fun. I was hoping you were gonna get to win, but uh, instead, uh, Eli, your brother, took a took a couple uh, jewels in the crown there. Hey. Eh? Oh yeah, no, there's a lot of talent out there for that skills comp. No, absolutely, Eli. You know he had to go and uh, one up me and hit that 95 mile an hour slap shot. It was insane. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Kenny Back. He went in uh, the fastest skater. You know. I. I. I stay to this day though. You know. If it was in a straight line, I would have had him. It's those turns. You know. I. Yeah. Big body. I can't turn as fast. <laughs> exactly. That you would. You would have definitely had him. Like we threw you guys on the in the speed skating rink. I think you take that. Oh yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. Take those odds. I'll take that bet any day of the week. Yeah, I would bet. I would bet. I would double down on the <laughs> Vegas odds for you there. <laughs> I would throw down like the point spread or the time spread. You'd cream everyone. Yeah, uh, no, funny, funny story though. Me and Kenny, after every practice, we would uh, we race, we race after every practice. And honestly, like, yeah, we both, me and him, we'd uh, we're pretty, pretty even. Like, just whoever's feeling it that day. Like, I'd win sometimes, he'd win the other times. And no, he's all. It's always fun. To, and I'm glad, I'm glad that you know he ended up taking the crown. Uh, he deserves it. Uh, he's graduating, and he's had a stellar, stellar uh, hockey career. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess going off the speed skating, what color outfit would you wear and why? I'm going to go with green because it's my favorite color. And that's it. <laughs> Smart choice. I think that's also a really good uh, meathead answer to segue right into our little bodybuilding segment here. <laughs> um, so you're, you're a bodybuilder. Uh, tell us, like, what got you into that? I am. I am. I am a uh, IFBB pro men's physique competitor. Um, I actually started bodybuilding before I went to Trinity. Um, I started lifting weights in about grade 11. 
and I, my first competition was, this is funny, it's going to make me sound really old, but you know, I, <laughs> I'm getting up there. Um, uh, my first competition was actually in 2012. Yeah. So I, uh, that was the first competition I ever did. I think I came like sixth or something. And then right after that, me and my older brother, Trent, we were just, we were hooked. We were hooked. And, uh, I did probably close. I've probably done close to 20 different bodybuilding events and shows throughout the years. And uh, yeah, my most recent one, I've taken a couple of years off just to focus on hockey, but my most recent one in 2018 was the uh, Natural Canadian National Championships. And uh, I was fortunate enough to win my class and the overall, and uh, uh, that's where I was awarded my IFBB Pro Card. So was the Pro Card like a reward for you finishing first? Yeah. So the way it works is when you first start off in bodybuilding, you want to do, you'll do regional level shows. So shows in your area and there people call them local shows. So it's either local or regional level. And if you place uh, top three, you will get qualification to provincial level shows. And then that's basically all of your province. So BC, Alberta, the all they'll all have their provincial shows and then every province whoever plays top three in your provincial show gets the opportunity to be qualified for nationals so every province has their top three in every category and then everybody comes to usually it's in toronto that's usually the hub city they go with and then you'll have your your national event and you'll represent your province and if you win your class whereas my category class is divided by height and if you win your height class, you'll get put in the overall, which is every single person who won their height class. And then they pick one guy out of that overall, and that person wins the entire division. And you, that guy would get their pro card. Oh, that sounds awesome. Well, it sounds really intense, first of all, but that's really sweet. And I was just, I guess, a follow-up question to that. I guess when you first started out, who did you kind of look up to uh, when you first started lifting and kind of went on your journey of bodybuilding? I think one of the first guys that I noticed that really got me into the bodybuilding was Steve Cook. I'm not sure if you guys know who he is, but he's a pretty popular fitness influencer. Uh, other guys like Greg Plett, uh, he actually passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, like, yeah, Steve Cook was probably my biggest inspiration growing up. I just, I, I loved his physique. He was uh, an athlete as well. He was a football player, played, I'm pretty sure, NCAA football. And yeah, and he just made that transition to the bodybuilding. And I was always, uh, always really appreciated his work ethic and, and how he really sculpted his physique. Yeah, totally. Steve Cook is the man. Yeah. I've never heard, but um, could you tell me a little bit about the first time like you went to the gym and like lifted weights? Like what was it like a uh, love at first lift, I guess, kind of thing, or was it like you kind of just did it and then all of a sudden you started to slowly love it? Oh, complete. It was not a, it was not a love at first sight. That's for sure. No, no. Uh, it was actually in my garage and growing up in high school, I was actually really small. I was a late bloomer. I was like the shortest kid in my grade up until like grade 11. And then I, I'd always tell people like, Oh, I'm going to grow eventually. I'm going to start working out. And then I finally started uh, lifting weights in grade 11. I, I remember being in my garage and I'm, picking up these like 20 pound dumbbells and I am just struggling to curl these things. I'm like, this is brutal. And then the next day I couldn't even like extend my arm fully. I'm like, how do people do this? But 
I was just so sick and tired of being this short, small kid that I was just, I don't know. I just had this fire and this motivation to just keep pushing forward. And that motivation ended up turning into just like a love for it. And just like, yeah, it's now just like a lifestyle for me. Yeah. I think I want to go back to, you know, you gaining the IFBB pro card, but also like the preparation behind that. What does your preparation look like behind like the last few days before a competition? So usually for a contest prep, um, a lot of people actually hire coaches. Uh, me and my older brother, we actually, we've never been coached before. We always did it trial and error, which, you know, it, it's nice because it saves money. But at the same time, we've, uh, I've placed last a couple times at some shows. And I, that is definitely due to myself and how I prep for it. Uh, a standard show, like when I won my pro card, I would take anywhere between, I think I took a 12 week cut. So basically you start off, you figure out your caloric maintenance and then you would restrict your calories by, I did probably most likely like 500 calories, what I restricted myself to. And, and then you, you just slowly work from there. I'd weigh myself every day. And when I stopped losing weight, I would either lower my calories or I would increase my intensity at the gym, or I would increase like cardio. I'd add cardio or some sort. And yeah, you basically just do that for the 12 weeks. You kind of have a rough estimate on what weight you want to be at for what per body fat percentage you think you'll be at at the time. And yeah, I think I wanted to walk in at around 6% body fat because I wanted to maintain a little bit more size. And I think I actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure I hit it like right on the nail, right on the hammer there. And yeah, no, I, I brought it. I brought a good package. I brought a really good package, probably my best yet. So a lot of it is trial and error, but yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun process for sure. Yeah, totally. And I was just wondering, cause you said how your classes are divided into heights. Is there like a weight limit in a way when you get into your class? Like, do you have to be like a maximum or is there like a, uh, kind of like a threshold there? Uh, it depends on the category. So my category is men's physique. What they're looking for is they're looking for good symmetry. They're looking for a good taper shoulder to waist ratio, small, uh, obviously you gotta be conditioned. You gotta have a good set of abs, but you, you don't want to be huge. You don't want to be absolutely massive. The, the next category up, if say you're looking too big for men's physique would be classic physique. So that one's more the golden area of bodybuilding. You're looking at the Arnold Schwarzenegger's and you're looking at like the Tom Platts, all these golden age guys where they're just like, not to the extent of what you see some bodybuilders are at today, but they you can still see like that they are, they're, they're big, they're big boys. And then the next category above that, if you're too big for classic physique, then you're getting into the bodybuilding where they're literally looking for the biggest, the, the leanest, the most vascular, just the most freakiest looking guys that you can find. And those guys are absolutely insane. Like they are just massive. I've seen them in person. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You're literally staring down Godzilla when you're like standing beside these guys and Oh my goodness. I couldn't even imagine that, that like, I don't know. Is, is that like when guys start like injecting themselves with like, with like the synthol and stuff, or is that not allowed in like those competitions? Yeah. in in the bodybuilding industry, you know, you get your natural and you get your open, 
open classes and usually the open shows um, a lot of guys will do performance enhancing drugs the synthol and all that kind of jazz and you can see it it's it actually is kind of freaky uh, to look at like how big the human body can actually get um, uh, me and my brother we tend to stick to the natural side of things because it's definitely a little more catered to us wanting to be athletes and just I don't know we believe in health in general it's just probably not the best idea to be dabbling with performance enhancers so what would you say are your top three favorite lifts of all time <laughs> well number one's got to be the bench press it can't go wrong uh number two i'd have to go with nice bicep curl and uh i should say squats or something to do with legs but that that wouldn't be <laughs> that wouldn't be truthful so i'm gonna have to go with v-bar tricep push down i did not expect that last one really? big arms guy hey oh love a good arms <laughs> what are what's your uh can you can you tell us your max bench on the pod can we have a little news breaker here uh max bench I think at the Trinity Western gym, I have 345 for one rep, but I know I've done 365 for two reps before. So <laughs> just a wagon, wagon yeah. on the pod. Yeah. You know, working towards it. Yeah, I'm, I haven't really tried it anytime soon. It's been difficult going to the gym with COVID and everything, but I'm hoping that, you know, with restrictions somewhat being lifted for gyms that I can get back into the gym consistently and have a really good uh, summer off season for myself here. Yeah. So I guess in your off season, I think you tend to kind of bulk up during then. Could you tell us what you typically eat in a day when you're on a classic bulk? It's kind of funny because bef like if I compete, my off season is technically my on season for hockey when I'm playing hockey and when I'm playing hockey, that's technically supposed to be my off season for bodybuilding. Um, uh, typically I will, if I'm bulking and like full blown bulking, I will eat anything and everything I can. Like I'll try and have like three different breakfasts. I'll eat McDonald's. Like I, there is no care for a diet when I'm bulking. Cause I'm just trying to put on as much mass as possible. The only thing I'll really track is my protein intake. So I'll try to have a protein shake in the morning, one after my workout and one before bed. So a minimum, minimum of three protein shakes a day. And then whatever, if I find any other times during the day where I can have a protein shake, I'll try and do that because I want to make sure my protein levels is as high as possible just so I can uh, maximize the amount of, you know, muscle and strength I can build during the off season. What do you typically throw into your protein shakes? Oh, I go straight, just water. I'm just a water guy. Keep it simple, quick, efficient. Boom. Water, protein, mix it up, done. That's it. I could never do that. No, <laughs> that's there's respect. no way I could do that. That is I'm respect. I got some gross tasting protein. That's probably what's up. <laughs> that's probably it. Yeah, totally. You got to hook us up. I'll have to hook you up. Me, me and my brother, we're both sponsored by uh, Magramutabolics. And I'm going to tell you right now, their protein is absolutely fire. I was actually just going to ask you, so like you have a sponsorship and yes. like, how did that happen? Like, was that basically just like from like showing up to competitions and there's people there watching? 
Yeah, just honestly networking throughout the bodybuilding world and the bodybuilding community. Me and my brother, we both run a joint Instagram. Um, uh, and yeah, it's just, we got contacted one day and it was somebody we knew from the industry and they were like, hey, Mango Nutribolics, they're a local brand. Uh, they're very reputable. They love their athletes and we're, they're very interested in, in working with you guys. And yeah, we signed a two-year contract with them. So uh, yeah, we'll be working with them for the next couple of years here. And honestly, I don't see us parting ways anytime soon. We love their brand. Uh, they have phenomenal supplements. And like I said, their protein is absolutely fire. So yeah, we're really excited to be working with them. So sell me on, it's Omega Nutribolics, right? Magnum. 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 Yeah. Okay. So sell us on, sell us on your, your sponsor here. Why, why do we got to go with you guys? Well, honestly, they have probably the best pre-workout I've ever had. Their prefo um is just like i'm not 100 sure i wish i had one right here i could read off the um uh just like the ingredients put into it but they're adding like so many different things that i would take separately in a pre-workout like for me i would take i would take citrulline i take citrulline mallet on top of my pre-workout because i know i'm not getting it in there and then you go and look at magnum's pre-workout and it's got it in there and it's got so many other ingredients that people will normally take on top of their pre-workout so you don't even have to worry about buying those other ingredients because it's already mixed in uh their creatine's phenomenal big c easy pills pop a couple in there swallow some water done that's it um uh, and their protein uh it's probably one of the best tasting proteins i've ever had uh, and they have a bunch of just absolutely sick flavors. They just came out with a peanut butter flavor, which is just honest, amazing. And if you guys like doing shakes, I'm telling you right now, the protein, oh, perfect banana or something in there. There we go. I think I'm sold. <laughs> you guys going to charge me. Doing a little quick little sponsor shout out <laughs> here for you boys. <laughs> I'll have to get you guys some free supplements. I'll get I'll get you guys a care package. Okay. We'll call Deal. it. Yeah, I'll definitely need it. I'm like the weakest I've ever been right now. So much appreciate that. We should have like a little bonus segment come out with this podcast where Cade and Trent just uh just have a personal training day with us and just work us. Just work <laughs> us. Like embarrass us. That's all I want put you boys through a nice leg day it'd be that would be some quality content right there i think that would uh probably be our most viewed or listened to kind of thing yeah that would have to go on the hypothetical mars hill sports podcast uh channel clips youtube channel for sure uh, get, get a tiktok or uh instagram live going totally <laughs> i'd love to see t jones under that bench press bar um yeah, I guess I kind of want to switch gears into hockey just for a little bit because I know you played hockey and we were talking a little bit before about like hockey was kind of like your first love. Who did you look up to uh, within the hockey community? Yeah, hockey is a, it's a very interesting story for me. I grew up playing inline roller hockey and a little bit of ball hockey. Um, uh, my favorite player growing up was Pavel Datsuk. Uh, I thought he was just absolutely disgusting out there. He had just the nicest hands. This guy would score the most highlight reel goals. Now you ask anybody, I play probably the complete opposite of him, but <laughs> he was still my idol growing up. 
And I didn't actually start ice hockey till I was about 15. Uh, I think it was my midget first year when I, when I first started playing ice hockey. And uh, yeah, I never played junior or anything like that. And then one day I was working out in my gym and I saw, uh, I saw the Trinity Western Spartans practicing. And I thought to myself, you know what? This kind of, that would be kind of cool to play. So I emailed the coach and I asked if I could come try out. I, I may have lied a little bit and said I was taking classes, but I wanted to make sure I was on the team first. <laughs> and I uh, went and tried out the next day. And uh, yeah, he, uh, he said I had a spot on the team. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I should probably start taking some classes then. And a couple of days later, I'm in three business classes, business, uh, business 111 with Brett Grone. And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to Trinity. And I have been here for five years since and going to be going on to a sixth year. And you're getting thrown into the flames with Brent Grone too. Hey, how about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hadn't done because I um, uh, I came into Trinity when I was, I think I was 22. So I had a couple of years off uh, from since graduating high school. So going right into university, I had no idea what I was doing. Could you give us a give us a Brent Grown story? Because I know he kind of likes to go at the hockey players a lot. Does he? Are you one of his? Uh, does he pick on you too? No, you know, honestly, he he was uh, he was pretty good to me. Um, uh, a few a few guys he'd uh, he'd let him know the, the the WHL guys on our uh, on our team like Brandon Potomac and uh, Braden Brown. They uh, they they take some heat sometimes. I'm pretty sure I remember this one specific class. Uh, Braden and uh, Brandon both had to drop a puck during a Vancouver Giants game. And somehow Brent got the picture of it and put it right on the, right on the projector screen. And everyone's looking like, what is going on right now? And Braden Brand come in and see that. And they're like, you gotta be kidding me. And he was just having a holler. He loved it. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And just like, just gave the boys, you know, a little, a little bit of a hard time for it, you know? That's hilarious. I love a classic friend grown story. Cause I know when I was in business 111, the one guy he usually picked on from the hockey team was, uh, I think his name, uh, Josh Bruce, I think. Oh, Brucey. Yeah. Oh. picked on him quite a bit. Um, but usually Tyler and I will ask this question to every single one of our guests. It's basically a situational question. So it's a zombie apocalypse, right? And you can only take three of your teammates. And who are you taking and why? Holy smokes. That's a loaded question here, boys. Um, I'm taking taking Isaac LaBelle because that guy, he's basically a scientist. So he'll figure out a cure, how to reverse whatever's going on. Um, I'm taking I'm taking Landon Fuller, good Williams Lake boy logger so he's gonna know he's gonna he's gonna know what to do when we're out in the woods trekking we're gonna have to do some camping absolutely and he's the guy's huge so he'd probably be able to fight off a few zombies and who else am i taking um i'm taking brandon potomac because i know i can beat him in a foot race so if it ever comes down to it i'm gonna win and he's gonna get eaten by a bunch of zombies that's honestly that's a pretty good show Fuller, I, when I was working at that skills competition thing, I was like, this guy is so big. Like, the logger vibes are true, hey? Oh, yeah. He's like, I don't even know how tall he is. Looks yeah. like seven foot. 
<laughs> yeah, on skates he does. And he's uh, not even skinny too. He'll come to the gym with no. us because he's a big boy. Yeah, he's an absolute unit. So yeah, he lifts some heavy weight too. I'm like, geez. And he's pretty young. Yeah, I guess. What is, what is he, like 22, 23? He might be like 21. Oh, wow. But yeah, he's, a good, he's a good bodybuilding prospect. We'll get him, we'll get him on stage one of these days. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Maybe <laughs> Maybe he's gonna be on the uh, on the like the the big boys stage, hey? He's gonna be injecting some. Uh, you're gonna be slipping the synthol into his calves and and his Dude, biceps. Hey? You get that guy on the sauce, and holy smokes, he would be massive. <laughs> yeah. Um, could you tell us why you wouldn't take Jordan Bogris? I feel like this would be a good this would be a good clip to have. Well, uh, the guy can barely live on his own. He's got basically Vades and uh, Julian just taking care of him. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how long he'd last. I was uh, Jordan's roommate for a year, and he's like my best friend. We grew, we grew up together. So uh, I think that's, that's honestly a pretty fair show. One thing I will say about Jordan is he's probably the luckiest human being to ever walk this planet. Like, I swear the cards, like, always, always fall in his direction even when there's absolutely no reason for the cards to, to fall in his direction my brother and i are convinced he's gonna somehow become a celebrity one day uh he'll just win the lottery yeah yeah like he said he's like it's either he's gonna win the lottery or he's gonna he's gonna become like a celebrity for absolutely no reason it's one or the other or he'll or he'll become homeless it'll just all come crashing down <laughs> <one. laughs> <laughs> life life comes at you hard fast oh that's a good show so yeah you said that you like loved Pavel Datsuk growing up I think that's a great shout I think he's quite underrated but who do you think your game is most modeled after who would be your NHL comparison <laughs> you don't want to be asking me that question um uh I'd I'd probably have to say uh Tom Wilson I, uh, not the most skilled, but, you know, big body, uh, very physical out there. Um, uh, I'm very good at getting under guys' skin, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to chuck knucks. You need a guy like that. I think every Stanley Cup winning team needs a guy like that. So Tom Wilson go. did it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, I take pride in it. You got to play to your strengths. I'm not going to play like I'm some, like, super small, skinny, fast skill guy. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play to what I'm good at. Yeah, you're you're a grinder and you accept it. I, I respect that. That's that's how it's got to be, right? Absolutely. It's not it's not being bad. It's actually just called awareness. You know who you are on your uh, on the ice. That's exactly it. Yes, yes. Every team needs them. Exactly. Yeah, you fill that role. I dig it. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the Tom Wilson Selena Gomez story, but is that, uh, is that the one where he shot a shot or something. Yeah, and then she actually like responded, and they were gonna go on a date or something. But uh, I was gonna say, why don't you try that out? I think you got the looks for it. <laughs> oh, now you're just pumping my tires. Oh man, I I don't have Twitter, but uh, maybe I'll have to get it, and uh, you know, I'll do a little shout out here on the podcast, and I'll shoot her a tweet, and uh, we'll 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 see where it goes from there. Yeah, maybe the podcast even blows up because of that. Like, we could all benefit from this. <laughs> Nina Gomez, do you want to go out with me? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you just got to send her a photo of you uh, just out of an olive oil bath ready to do a little flexing 
for for all of us <laughs> i actually wanted to ask about that um i watched like this video on your video physique uh instagram page of you and trent at like a competition and you guys literally like i said look like you just came out of like an olive oil bath and uh five year spray tan and the difference between like your faces tan and your body's tan it actually looked photoshopped so could you tell us about like that end of prep for like the bodybuilding competitions yeah that usually comes the last like two or three days before a show you'll uh you'll go in and you'll get your spray tan done um me and trent will actually we would actually buy our own self tanner because it's cheaper that way and we're broke students so we would layer each other up with tan and uh, yeah, that's why you get the difference between the face and the body. Cause sometimes we didn't want to go too dark on the face cause it would just look really, really weird. But yeah, you know, people compare it. They'll say, you know, you look like you just took a bath in some Nutella, but <laughs> yeah. And then they'll toss the gloss on you and that's where you're getting that olive oil shine. And uh, yeah, usually the, the olive oil only comes on like five minutes before stepping out on stage, but the spray tanning, that's usually like a day or two before the show. So you got to sleep in it too. Oh, it's just, oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'll tell you that for free. What does the actual, like, I guess, performing and the kind of flexing part for the judges look like? Uh, it's different for each category. So bodybuilding, you'd have your set poses, classic physique. You also have a similar set of poses as bodybuilding, but slightly different. They do a little bit more, uh, old school style posing. And then for men's physique, it's a completely different style of posing. You, you aren't doing your standard, like double by or your abdominal thigh posing. You're basically you're, you're hitting your front pose, which is you're flexing your lats, you'll, you'll flex your abs, and you just basically want to show off a really good V taper. That was the biggest thing. The shoulder to waist ratio, the V taper is, is honestly huge when it comes to men's physique. And then the judges, they're looking for uh, conditioning, big arms, full chest, and, and then you'll turn to your back and you'll basically do the exact same thing. You're flexing your lats and you're really trying to show that big v taper with your lats but also good thickness in your rhomboids so then also judges are looking for conditioning in your back uh muscle development symmetry proportions so it's a little bit different than like your standard bodybuilding and your classic physique poses because they're not necessarily looking for the biggest and leanest guy you're honestly looking for this overall um kind of like athletic and uh, achievable physique or a physique that somebody would see on the beach and be like, wow, like that guy has a really nice body. Got it. Cause I know from like, um, like YouTubers I've watched and stuff like that, they like, a lot of them claim like the actual flexing is actually like super important. Um, and they like, I've seen them, like they have coaches and stuff and I know you're kind of on the anti-coach train. So where did you learn, uh, how to do, how to strike all those poses, I suppose. Yeah, I'm necessarily not on the anti-coach train. I'm on the trying to save some money train. So uh, if coaching was free, I would have had a coach a long time ago. But for me, it's just honestly YouTube videos. Growing up, me and my brother, we would watch YouTube videos of men's physique shows 
all the time. And we would basically just look at guys and be like, which one of these guys are winning and what are they doing to win? Like what is separating them from everyone else? And we actually learned very quickly how important posing is in men's physique and how well having a good stage presence out there can actually bring you up rankings and even potentially like be the deciding factor between a guy who may look better than you but if you have a better stage presence and you show off your physique better than that guy then you'll win it over him that's so that's so interesting i don't really know you got any posing tips for me i think i'm entering entering the uh built like a flagpole competition I think you just keep hitting the gym every day. Uh, you get your creatine in yet. Uh, you know, get some good protein and uh, we'll see how you're looking. Uh, maybe by the end of summer, you know, we will, we'll, maybe we'll add you to the roster of prospects for a future bodybuilding show. I know Jordan Bogress is in there. Yeah. All right. I want to, I want to, I want to crack my, uh, I want to crack the lineup here. So uh, uh, Luke and I, Luke and I are uh, going to be doing as much as we can to get in on this. I'll, I'll make note of it. Perfect. I wanted to ask, uh, Eli, he never really got into the bodybuilding thing, right? Uh, Eli's actually done only one show. Eli's done one show. Okay. Um, how come? Uh, he was focusing on hockey when, when me and Trent got into the bodybuilding, he was still playing, uh, rep. And then he went on and he played junior after that. So he's always been really focused on the hockey, but the one show that he did do was, uh, was also, it was back in 2018. And me, my older brother, Trent, it was a regional level show. And me and my brother, Trent, wanted to get qualified um, to nationals from it. So me, Trent, my brother, Elijah, and my other brother, Caleb, who is actually older than Elijah, but younger than me. He's uh, 25. Um, We all did the same show. And because it was a local show in Surrey, the height classes were there was a very wide range of height classes. So you would get like, I think it was like five ten to six foot was one height class, which is kind of unheard of, but they just didn't have enough people um, signed up for it. So it ended up, I think there was 12 people in our class and every single one of us was in the same height class. So I was stepping on stage with Trent, Caleb, Elijah, we're all on stage and it, it ended up, I ended up hitting first, uh, my older brother Trent got second, uh, Elijah got third, and my brother Caleb got fourth. So we all cracked top five. We got first and fourth, and it was it was a, honestly a, an amazing experience. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely uh, definitely a memory to remember. Okay, I got another situational question for you. You're gonna hit the most intense day at the gym, the most intense leg day, let's say. Oh, and you can bring three three youtubers three like celebrities to help you obtain your goals and push each other as like your lifting squad who are you bringing my lifting squad for for a hectic leg day three um i'm taking tom platz you guys probably don't know who he is but he is uh probably like the most intense bodybuilder for any sort of leg day that you could ever find. If I'm ever trying to get motivated, I just literally look up YouTube, Tom Platt's leg day, and that guy's going to fire you up. Uh, so he's going to have to be number one. 
Number two, probably take good old Steve Cook because, you know, he's, uh, you know, the childhood idol there growing up, guy who got me into the whole scene and the whole fitness industry. So Steve Cook for sure, number two. And who do we want for number three? Uh, JJ Watt. JJ Watt for sure. That guy's an absolute beast. And uh, you see that guy in the weight room and he literally will kill himself during his workouts. So I think with those three, I would probably, I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to walk for at least a, a week or two after that leg day. That's what you want though. Exactly. I dig that. Um, tell us what it's been like not being able to play this year. Like it must be super weird. Hey. Yeah, honestly, it, it was tough because going into the season, everyone just expected, oh yeah, we're going to play. Everything's going to blow over, blah, blah, blah. And then it just, everything kept getting shut down and everything kept getting pushed back. It was a, uh, it was an odd year. Um, at the end of the day, uh, am I upset about it? Not really. It happens. It's a global pandemic, whatever. Um, I don't lose my year of eligibility, so I got to come back and fingers crossed actually get a full season of U sport next year. Whereas there is a really high chance that I was only going to get half a year this year if the season happened. And, and then that would have been it. I would have had to, I would have been done my year of eligibility. I would have had to graduate, but now, you know, I got to come back and hang out with you boys for a whole nother year. Yeah, I guess kind of going off the whole COVID thing and people not being able to go to gyms, what would you recommend to people do like as a at-home workout or body weight exercises to make sure they're stay that they're in shape, but also like gaining mass as well? I would, oh, that's tough. That's hard to say. Cause you, to gain muscle, you need to be putting a resistance on your body. Now, what I would recommend is I would recommend some sort of like a circuit training. You're not necessarily going to build as much muscle, but you're going to get the most out of your workouts and it's, and your intensity is going to be really high. So I, I dabble with like supersets, maybe doing push-ups, and then right off, right after that, doing some squats um you can if you have any resistance bands use those you, if you have anything like a even a, a shower curtain that you can use as a pull-up bar don't kill yourself here but like you know just looking around the house and trying to find stuff that you could use to actually like lift with are circuits what like people generally do to like cut because i know you've talked a little bit about like cutting and uh like when you've been preparing for a show getting down to like what six percent body fat like how do you cut yeah um uh, a lot of people will dabble with the circuits because it increases your heart rate and if you have a higher heart rate you're going to burn more calories and if you burn more calories you're going to lose weight over a period of time if you're in a caloric deficit now for me for bodybuilding i want to maintain as much size as possible so that's why i make sure my cuts are 12, 12, 10 weeks long, because over that time, I don't necessarily need to restrict my calories too much. I can make it a slower process. And with that being, I'll maintain more muscle by the end of it. If I did like a three week cut and just drop my calories to like a thousand calories a day and just starved myself and then did a bunch of circuits and a bunch of cardio yeah, I'd, I'd lose weight at a rapid pace. Yeah, I would be extremely lean, but I would lose muscle on top of that and I would look skinny and I'd look small and I would not do well at all. That's fair. Well, Kate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, my man. And uh, we're excited to see more of the, uh, the V physique. <laughs> 
Um, anyways, that is going to wrap up our interview with Cade. Thank you for joining us. And Thanks for having us, boys. I really appreciate it, honestly. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolute banger. Uh, we're excited to see you guys back on the ice, too. You guys need it. Um, I feel horrible for all the caged athletes we have right now here. So, anyways, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up our interview with Cade Vilio. Now we're going to get onto a quick promo with Eon Lawrence. <laughs> We now welcome on Jan, Jan Lawrence. How are we doing, my man? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing absolutely outstanding. And uh, first things first, so we're going to be talking a little bit about the video feature that a couple classmates and I did on you. Uh, but maybe people won't recognize you because you shaved off all of your hair so tell us why'd you why'd you uh why'd you go why'd you go with the haircut honestly i don't know it's summer now like i've had long hair for quite a while and uh it just feels nice to have it all off i'll probably just grow it out again so it's not like a big not like a big thing yeah how long was it before honestly it was pretty long like i had like probably down to like my shoulders like had good it was like long curly so yeah, just cut it all off. That's fair. Um, getting into a little bit about our video that's going to be coming up pretty mm -hmm. soon here. Could you tell us a little bit about the the process and how it all went for you? It must be pretty weird, like having like us at your practice holding cameras and stuff, eh? I mean, yeah, I was just really excited uh, when when my coach told me about it and then you guys reached out to me, but, uh, the whole process was really fun. Uh, it was fun for me to put thought into it and to like try and like put my life into a perspective that's like appropriate to like share and stuff like that. So I'd say the process for me was, was really fun. Like doing the video, uh, like setting everything up, you guys made it really fun. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, so I guess I'm kind of in the dark here. So I guess I'll need a little bit of context. But what's this video about and what's it gonna kind of look like, I suppose? Um it's it's kind of just about my life and about like the important things, some important events that happened to my life that I think define me as a person. Um one thing I do mention in there is like uh my goals that I have in terms of like when I wake up every day, like my thought process, like just kind of my perspective on how I, how I feel about the world and about how I live every day. Um, there's going to be, it's going to be, um, me playing rugby in it. Rugby is a big thing to me. I'm going to be playing some guitar in it. Uh, I make music. So that's obviously a big part of like defining me and, uh, like my perspective on the world, like what I, what I want to share and what I want to bring. So yeah that's kind of what it's about i'd say i saw on your instagram that you are releasing an ep pretty soon here yeah it's gonna be out on the 16th so yeah. i'm really excited about that it's called the dorm room ep and so it's like it's it's six it's gonna be six songs um basically just in my opinion it's like a reflection of a lot of things that are important to me or in like 
the the songs like if I try and like throw in a lot of like wordplay in there, but like if like for the people that do catch on, it's it's a lot about like about like how how I cope with some of the things I've uh, been through, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited for that. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for people to hear it. I just love making music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my dorm room. So yeah. So it is the dorm room EP. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, a very simple name. I dig it. Yeah. Um, you also had people vote on your Instagram story. I was one of your voters on uh, on what album artwork you were going to choose. Are you happy with the final product? I am. Well, because like the other one was re- like the one that I didn't choose was really the look of it was cool, but the the one I did end up choosing it's like it's literally a picture of my dorm room and then a bunch of like like me edited in into a bunch of different like uh i guess a bunch of little pictures inside the big picture that is my dorm room so i felt like it just matches the whole theme better when did you first start playing guitar and kind of what made you get into it um i started playing guitar when i was like 13 but obviously like that was just learning some basic chords and then i guess like like i've always like in the back of my head thought like oh it'd be cool to make music um i've really always had a passion for music in terms of like listening and like trying to always expand the the type of music i listen to and so i i'd say last summer like i guess the start of like quarantine is what initiated me like wanting to start making music but uh i was like i was still in high school at the time i couldn't like afford any any recording equipment so i couldn't really do it and so once i was able to get a job last summer i could uh i like i bought some guitars i bought recording stuff and i just kind of started doing it for fun could you tell us a little bit of like or maybe just like what is like one thing that you want people to take away from your little feature video that uh we worked on um I guess that if there's one thing, so like someone watches the video and now I want them to like have that thought after they watch it. Is that kind of what you're? Yeah. Like it can be like a thought. It can be like, go listen to my music. It can be anything. Honestly, I would say just like, no matter what's happened to you in your life, like you can, you can do anything if you, if you find comfort within yourself and you you start to know yourself and you spend time doing that that no matter like what's happened in your life that you can get to somewhere do things you know that's super cool yeah shifting shifting gears a little bit could you tell us a little bit about like what this year has been like from a rugby standpoint for you and your team it's been like up and down honestly like i wouldn't I wouldn't say up and down, but just there's been positives and negatives. Positives in terms of like we've we've been able to spend so much time like really uh, mastering or like perfecting our game plan or plan and our structure uh, without without like rushing anything. Like we really broke up every part of our gameplay because we had like the whole year without playing games. So we like in terms of that was really good, but it was bad because we couldn't play and uh 
it sucks for obviously a lot of like the the guys that are graduating that were looking forward to to playing this year they couldn't play and then it just sucks like especially for us first years like we're all we all signed to the team like we're all like really looking forward to play and then and then we can't play for a whole season it just it makes you stress more and it, it makes it less encouraging i guess but i think as a team we still found just it's so positive here everyone wants to work so hard that like we just power through it yeah so since you're in your first year how have you enjoyed trinity so far what's been your experience like and do you have like any highlights from the year so far honestly my my overall experience just has been really good i found it that like uh in terms of in the, like in the past so like with high school and stuff i had a really big problem with schoolwork just doing it or like finding a way to to understand or like how to actually do the work and so i find that here like using the writing center um just using a the resources that are here to help you. It's made it really easy for me to go through through all the courses. And uh, I find it's just a really positive environment here. That, uh, yeah, it's been really good for me. That's good to hear. Yeah, university is such like a different experience. I remember being in like a bit of a similar like place to you at least like schedule wise like I played like so many sports and then all of a sudden you're like thrown into the fire of university so yeah uh it's definitely an adjustment and being a, a university athlete is an even bigger adjustment so um mad props to you for killing it this year man I'm uh really glad that uh you feel like you've kind of like found your place uh yeah. here that's that's awesome yeah it's really it's been really good i like it here love it good good yeah. anyways um yeah so do you sorry do you have a, a a date for your ep dropping it was like sometime in april right is april yeah, the 16th 16th it's gonna be out everywhere yeah okay everywhere well uh i'm doing like a bunch of artwork for it like for the spotify like if you each each song will have like a like a motion picture that like there's that feature on it yeah so yeah it's gonna be really i'm really excited to i really am looking forward just to what people i guess just their perspective like what questions they would have or want to ask me after listening to it because i'm sure that like there's no way you could listen to it and just be like yeah i completely understand this like it will definitely be confusing but i think the overall sound of it is it's very I tried going for something more melodic and nice sounding and I did a lot of guitar stuff, which is, I think is cool, but yeah. Cool. Well, we're uh, very excited to hear the dorm room EP. <laughs> Good job, man. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. And then video is going to be coming out pretty soon here. I'm very excited for that. And uh, I will be doing a lot of promotion for the hat once it is out. So Jan, thank you for joining us. Thank and you guys for having me so much. It's it a good time. Yeah, 100%. Short but sweet, hey? Yeah, great. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's going to wrap up uh, this episode of the Marcel Sports Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you next week for April. It's going to be April. So should be good. Anyways, uh, bye-bye for now. <laughs>